Hello and welcome to another episode of Screen Wars, our thought leader series, where we learn from industry experts about the latest trends and challenges from across the convergent TV space. Hosted by Michael Beach. Today, I'm joined by Joe Marino. Joe is currently the Senior Vice President of Strategic Account Sales at MadHive. Joe's a rock star in our space and someone who has their pulse on what's next. Before MadHive, he was at MediaMath and Adobe, just to name a few. There's a lot to discuss and we cover a ton of ground. Please enjoy my conversation with Joe Marino. Hey, Joe, welcome to Screen Wars. Hi, Michael Beach. Thanks for having me. Uh, you know, Joe, you know, I've known each other for a long time. I've always been uh, impressed with your background. You've been kind of circling around uh, you know, the convergent TV space for a long time. Would you mind giving our audience kind of background on your history and, and kind of how you got to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. And uh, before I dive in, I'd like to say that I've been following the Screen Wars uh, email blast for quite some time. Um, and I used to actually push it out to all of my teams uh, when I was over at uh, MediaMath. So huge fan and I still consume it and enjoy it every day. Um, always love like the Mrs. Screens and Mr. Screens POV. Um, so it's really cool. Um, so yeah, myself, I started in the unwired TV network space uh, at a company called ITN. At then it was ITN Networks and now it's just ITN. Um, and I think I was really lucky in starting there because it kind of really set the stage for kind of the, the change in mindset that was gonna happen through what I jokingly call like the third renaissance of television. So um, as for people who aren't familiar, Unwired Networks, ultimately what they do is they run around and aggregate um, local avails and package them up and sell them nationally. Uh, and they compete with syndication and cable and broadcast. So uh, it was a really cool area to start. Uh, after I did my stint there, I moved into um, working for Allen Media, or at the time it was Entertainment Studios, um, and did some time there launching and selling their cable uh, properties and assisting in, in kind of helping with the, the transformation of their properties into more digital uh, video properties, as well as uh, the syndication. Um, once I moved on from there, I landed at Adobe, uh, which was my first taste of ad tech. And I was uh, nestled within the TV, advanced TV team there. So I went from kind of selling spots and dots and DRTV uh, over to kind of advanced linear or programmatic TV offerings using digital data and overlaying it on linear television. And then we started also selling uh, connected TV uh, where I think it was still very much in its infancy. So it was predominantly Roku and a few other properties, but uh, that was kind of my first taste of convergent TV or advanced TV. Um, that kind of ballooned really quickly and really well. It was really fun. Um, and I loved selling like the the effective CPM and the the eCPMs associated with linear and, and things like that. A lot of what you do today, Michael. Um, and then moved over to MediaMath to focus more on programmatic connected TV as I kind of started to realize the industry was moving that way. Prior to that, I was very ignorant of the changes that were coming, but at Adobe, I kind of was lucky to straddle both sides um, and sat in the rooms with the media planners and buyers at holding companies and hearing kind of like the challenge of where are these budgets going to sit and how are they going to navigate? Uh, so I went over to MediaMath and, and started selling advanced TV and programmatic um, globally and worked with that team and that organization, which was phenomenal. Great experience for me. I had never worked in the global marketplaces before um, and never worked with uh, a team that size, right? That scale. 
Um, and then finally, after a few years over there, I joined Madhive to uh, launch really their their go-to-market strategy, their sales and their CS efforts. And I've been there for about three years now, which in human years is about 35 years. Mm -hmm. um, and I've had a, a phenomenally fun time uh, building that out and working really closely with Adam Helfgott, uh, CEO, and Spencer Potts, president, uh, to really scale that business. And, and Madhive's kind of core niche is is in the local marketplace, working with the broadcast TV station groups and kind of building out the technology for them to bring uh, them through that third renaissance of television. And so it's been, uh, I've gotten lucky. I've got a taste of all different versions of TV. I've been in the general market, the DR market, the local market, the national market. Um, I just really got lucky along along the way. Yeah, background, uh, you, if I remember correctly, you joined Adobe right as the two mobile acquisition was happening, correct? Yes, yes. I was, um, my boss at the time there was Jess Santoro and I remember him calling me and basically saying, yeah, we're good to go and I'll send you paperwork. And then I didn't hear from him for like a week or two and I kept following up and he was like, oh, give me another week, give me another week. And I had no idea that the acquisition was happening. So I got sucked up like right after Tube Mobile was acquired, like within the weeks of that acquisition, I got brought in. So if I, if I was like a month or two earlier, it might've been a different story, but um, yeah, I joined as like, first Adobe advanced TV hire. Yeah. For our audience, you know, kind of background, uh, you know, two mogul had a product from a record called, you know, PTV programmatic TV, um, you know, mid 2010s really, I mean, way ahead of its time. Um, you know, we did a ton of work with them, my old company. Um, and then they were acquired by Adobe. And so a lot of the advanced TV product that, uh, became an Adobe was kind of from two mogul, but really the, the, like you said, a lot of things that we do today that are kind of um, more operational today. I mean, they created a lot of that. I mean, uh, ECPMs and um, you know the idea that uh, you know we're still waiting for the linear inventory to be programmatic, but uh, you know it was just a, a phenomenal company. Yeah, yeah, it was really cool what they were able to do. Tons of really smart people there. Todd Gordon was you know leading the charge and. Uh, there are fellows like this guy, Matt Casey, who are like the brains behind connecting everything. And again, it, it's funny, a lot of the things you talk about in those situations, you don't really hear about anymore, right? We're leveraging the ACR data sets when they were still kind of trying to figure their way out um, and marrying it to like the Nielsen fusion panel and uh, doing all these kind of rankers and things like that. And uh, they built a really cool platform to be able to kind of holistically look at at your entire buy and, and plan across with one target audience in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well Matt, I've today you kind of talked about the, the local broadcast groups, um, kind of might give an audience a little, little background on, you know, Matt Hive, your kind of your products, the problem you solve, obviously, you know, your kind of target customer base. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, Matt Hive, we're enterprise software technology. Um, we really, partner with these broadcast TV station groups to give them the tool set to be able to compete with the likes of, uh, let's say, Hulu or Amazon or Google or Trade Desk uh, as they're selling their proprietary supply and market. So um, just to make it really easy, if, if let's say a, a Fox is in market selling their owned and operated to be their, their digital video streaming um, platform and all of their other owned and operated, 
they now have the ability to put audiences against it, measure it, uh, put frequency caps in place, like all the power of programmatic applied to their um, proprietary supply, uh, which is really their, I mean, that's their brand, right? Their brand is really well known and they, they do really, really well in the market. Uh, but, you know, at times they would be competing with, you know, platforms and digital teams and they're, they're traditionally a, a TV shop. So ultimately, you know, being able to build out the tool set that they needed in a way that they could understand it and leverage it uh, was the goal. And so uh, as we began doing that and iterating on it and kind of like working closely with them uh, as partners, we, you know, they gave us feedback, we built the products that supported them and then they bring them to market. And it's kind of been really beneficial for both sides and we love it. I mean, it's a cool niche. It's a, it's an underserved market in my opinion. And really up until very recently, I think most of the larger competitors, they didn't even want to talk about or think about local until uh, more recently, now that kind of Madhive is becoming more of a household name, people are questioning what we're doing and how we did this. And uh, they're starting to try to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I mean, it's a really smart idea because you, you've got, you know, these local broadcast sellers who've got, you know, huge sales forces, um, you know, relationships that, you know, sometimes span decades, but they're, you know, obviously are a little bit behind on investing in technology, especially around uh, any kind of automated, you know, ad buying, and really none of them probably on day one have a revenue line large enough to justify building their own platform. Uh, and so, yeah, I can see why that would be a, uh, you know, really appealing platform. Again, if you can combine, you know, world-class technology and turn that loose with their sales teams, I, I could see that having a bright future. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like some of these groups, they have three, 400 sellers in market. So once they have something that they understand that mirrors how they sell their linear in a digital fashion, it's easy for them to explain it and use it. They, they just started flying with it. Um, but to your point, yeah, the, the kind of building it out and kind of getting it off the ground, that was the hardest part. And a lot of these groups, they don't have folks or they didn't at least have folks in place that understood the ecosystem. So there was that kind of hurdle to get through too, is kind of bringing digital technology to TV planners, buyers, sellers, management, um, and trying to make them feel like it's okay. Don't worry. This is going to help you. It's a good thing. Um, and so that was, uh, always another interesting barrier of entry. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last week, you know, we're recording this kind of, uh, mid January, we ran each other at CES out in Las Vegas. Um, anything stand out to you? Um, you know, any can new releases or anything? Um, I think the, the thing that popped out to me the most was, you know, Roku's announcement around, uh, developing smart TVs. Um, you know, if, if anything, I just think, I think it's probably a smart move on their part. And I do think that the TV manufacturers are going to continue to become kind of like that new, uh, MVPD model. Right. Um, so I'm really curious to see the ripple effect of that, right? Where it goes, what happens with that? What share do they get? Especially knowing a lot of things are at play with the ACR data and market too. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I was on a panel at the uh, Media Ocean Summit and that was, I kind of brought that up as my big, uh, you know, big development too, even though it wasn't, you know, any, you know, technological release or anything, but the thing I thought had the biggest impact on measurement and kind of our industry and especially local because you're right. There are taking the uh, kind of cable model, uh, probably fragmented more pieces. But you know, I, I know you know cable for such a long time had, had trouble local because it was tough to 
you know, aggregate inventory and, you know, um, you know, harder for local marketers to buy. And so you had, you know, rep groups like, you know, ampersand pop up. Well, here you don't really have any geographic footprint to the TV. So in every single market, you've got every single TV manufacturer um, and they're kind of, you know, creating gateways for their data. So it's going to be really interesting. But yeah, I thought the same thing that, you know, Roku and then, you know, starting to see TiVo really make a run into uh, smart TV OSs and then just kind of further announcements from the other players. Um, I think that's going to have the most immediate impact for the next couple of years on our space. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, um, it's exciting and crazy and scary and fun all at the same time. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. So when your team works with an ad seller or say a station group, is that, or I guess, um, the person selling the, the digital inventory, is that primarily a linear seller or is that a digital seller? It depends on the group. So some groups it's linear sellers. Um, some groups it's digital sellers, some groups it, it started as linear and now they're kind of hiring to, uh, digital sellers to kind of help them and, or SMEs, right? Subject matter experts to kind of help them. So I'd say, but early on, it's the majority of it has been traditional linear seller sellers who are upselling into their current relationships and clients now, like, you know, connected TV targeted video buys. Do you, when the, the person they're actually selling to, cause we run into a similar issue. Is it a, are they selling to the digital buyer? Are they trying to upsell, um, you know, the, the linear buyer, you know, a, a larger package? I would say the latter is probably what happens most of the time. I do know that they are also talking to digital agencies and sometimes they have success and sometimes they don't. I think the, the biggest hurdle they run into is that, you know, a lot of these folks want hands-on keys and that gets a little bit challenging because these, these offerings are more managed service. They're selling media, they're not selling technology. So um, for me though, I think one thing that I've been kind of pushing is that I think that that will be the big shift. If, if, you know, we could theoretically give them the ability to sell the technology uh, that will, if they want to do it, obviously, uh, I think that'll make a big change in mindset and change in staffing, uh, because then you have to actually understand how to sell like a bid or a device graph, you know, why is this better than that? So on and so forth. Yeah, it's interesting because, it, you know, from the buyer perspective, and we, we see this with our customer base that, they're very rarely are the same uh, media networks selling to both the digital and uh, you know linear buyer. Like even YouTube, something that's got you know ubiquity. Um, you'd think like we rarely find a linear buyer that buys YouTube. Yeah, um, and, and then vice versa. You know, and so I think if you but one thing about really interesting about your product is it is actually um, for coming from the linear side, it's such a good offering, right? Like it's a world class you know digital offering as well that I could see that appealing to both groups. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of lucky in that sense is that, you know, people who have digital chops and, and have been, you know, savvy in the digital ecosystem, DSPs platforms, they like the platform because it was built a few years ago. So everything's modern. It's really fast and it's easy to use. Right. And then on the TV side, uh, you know, they like it because they could figure out how to use it really quickly. If you gave them hands on keys on like a tier one DSP, uh, most of the time it's going to take them weeks, if not months to really figure out how to like go from planning all the way to measurement through that platform and like optimizing and things like that. But our, uh, our previous kind of moniker was, you know, we were the simple solution for modern advertising. And really, I think that still sticks with me today because 
the way we got quick adoption, the way that the TV folks kind of kind of enjoyed what we had put together and worked to build with them uh, was the fact that it was so easy to use. Their sellers are in there pulling forecasts and talking to clients in meetings. Um, so that was really, really uh, the right move on, on Adam and Spencer's part. Yeah, absolutely. And kind of, you know, earlier conversation about, you know, two mogul bringing in eCPMs. I think we're, we're kind of coming up on 10 years, probably this year from when they released that, that product initially. Um, how do you see today people valuing um, streaming video inventory, knowing that you, your customer base kind of, it's probably more linear heavy, but straddles both sides of the fence. And how do you think it ought to be valued? Yeah. So I think for us, a lot of our clients, they, they treat it and sell it the same way that they would sell their traditional linear, obviously without like any kind of Nielsen metrics, um, being involved in the conversation, but they, they still treat it as a CPM and here's the media and here's the quality of the media and, and so on and so forth. So I think that's the way that they really look at it still. It's still heavily transacted as I think for most of our clients on a branded medium, um, on a CPM level and. Uh, they put a lot of weight behind, I'd say VCR, right? Video completion rate. Um, how do I think it should be transacted? That's a, that's a tough one, especially with everything that's happening today. I would say I, I kind of like the way that the TV folks go to market. I think, you know, maybe focusing more on impression based selling, uh, versus kind of, I'd say, um, the Nielsen metrics would be better, obviously, uh, just especially what's been going on there. Uh, I'd say, I know there's a race for currency and trying to figure that out. I don't really have much of a POV on that yet to be completely honest with you, but yeah, I think measuring it based on the, the outcomes that are set forth, such as making sure it's VCR, making sure you know exactly what you're buying and where you're buying from. I think that to me right now is probably the best weight behind it. Yeah, that's always been a big, you know, question for us. I mean, we, um, we show, um, you know, all the video formats in, in, you know, GRPs, what we, we call TRPs, you know, targeted rating points. And then we show all mm -hmm. the inventory in CPMs and eCPMs. Um, cause really we're, you know, I, when my old company, we launched our, our TV platform in 2014, we kind of had a worldview of the CPMs and eCPMs. And we just spent so much time arguing with people about whether or not that was the right metric. Yeah. Um, and really at the end of the day, it was like, the goal is to get people to plan and, and allocate resources across all these together without, you know, creating these silos. Um, it doesn't really matter if they have the most up-to-date you know, metric that you, you agree with. Right. And so we went away with that and launched with both. And that's been really good because I kind of thought people would start off with, with the points and move to impressions and they've probably stuck with the other way longer, um, Cause they're just comfortable because there's so many other things for them to learn right now with streaming video and all these other new things popping up. But um, it's a really interesting topic and it's something we've been asking uh, this season, anyone on the buy side, like what are, you know, how are you valuing the inventory? And it's interesting because they're, these firms could look identical back to back and answer the question completely opposite. Like, Oh, we're, we're only impressions. And we had a, uh, a buyer earlier this week that was only GRPs. Yeah. Yeah. I, I defer to the impression side mostly because, uh, I know that there used to be like the digital ad ratings that were like the translation of a GRP into digital. Yeah. Um, but I just, I haven't seen that from my purview 
as something that just got wildly adopted and became kind of like the the main currency. So for me, I think looking at impressions is going to be great, especially in the local market, because when you look at linear on the local scale, it kind of throws out the concept of GRPs a little bit differently um, because you are getting, you know, individual spots as opposed to, uh, you know, a national unit that's just going to run across the entire country and then trying to identify how many actual eyeballs saw that is a little bit harder to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I'm back, you know, coming from a digital background, I'm like, well, what, you know, why wouldn't we do impressions? That's kind of how we positioned it before. And it was just fascinating that people would come up that long. That was not the thing they were looking to move off of. Yeah. Um, it was just really interesting. Um, all right. I appreciate your time. I got one question. Uh, we're kind of closing up this, this season with, if you could uh, wave a magic wand and change one thing about the local video space, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. I can change one. It can't thing be everyone that. uses MedHive, but that's obviously a, <laughs> you know, that would be a valid point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for saying it, not me. <laughs> um, let me think. If I could wave a magic wand and change something about the local video ecosystem, what would it be? Um, oh, that's a good one. Let me noodle on this for a few. Um, I mean, just my brain immediately just goes to the... My dream here at Madhive has been to be able to educate TV sellers to be able to sell digital and technology, right? So I guess if I could wave my magic wand, I would love to be able to provide or have all these sellers at all these station groups that have been out there for 30, 40 years grinding and pounding the pavement and just give them the the ability to say and sell against a platform when it comes up, right? Because an example is, uh, you know, a, a station group in, let's say, Charleston uh, that I know really well. Uh, sometimes they're selling against their competitive TV station, but other times they're selling against, let's say, like a Simplify or a Basis. And the pitches where you're selling media versus tech or a combination of both, it gets very difficult for some of them to navigate because they've never had to do that until more recently. So if I could arm, you know, the there's probably like three, four thousand, three thousand TV sellers in the U.S. today. If I could arm them all with the ability to sell tech and bidders and device graphs and ad servers and understand how all that works, that would be my dream. Um, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, making it seamless to their their buy buy side customers as possible. Exactly, and it'll get rid of like this. There's a gap of knowledge that exists and the local markets kind of, I always jokingly say it's five years behind the national marketplace with regards to like understanding the, the changes, the tech, the evolutions. And so if I could do that and everybody understood it, it would make it a very interesting marketplace. And, um, you know, there'd be a lot less duping going on, which always happens everywhere, but, you know, definitely, you, you know, people, they try, they test, they learn, and sometimes they they have bad experiences because they didn't know better and that's how they learn. But if I could just arm them all with enough to know, uh, that would be my, my magic wand wish. Love it. Well, Joe, I appreciate, uh, you taking the time, you know, definitely grateful for your time and always enjoy talking to you. And I know our, our audience will love this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been really fun. Thank you for joining us on this episode of screen wars. 
I hope you enjoyed the discussion. You can find out more about Cross Screen Media at crossscreenmedia.com. Please don't forget to sign up for our weekly newsletter, State of the Screens. You can find us on social media at Cross Screen Media. Join us next time for more insights and analysis straight from the experts.